Low Pilot. Today I'm talking to Jake Blackwood. He comes from the Misery Loves Company side of the internet, the darker places. <laughs> How'd you get involved with uh, Misery Loves Company, Misery Tourism? Oh, um, COVID popped off, man. COVID happened and everybody, I don't know, like all the, all the weirdos had to like coalesce into something, you know. From all, all the strange corners of the internet, suddenly being extremely online was the norm during COVID. And so a certain group of people thrived. Were you already like involved with like literary magazines? Oh, yeah. I've been doing that since I was, um, yeah, <laughs> years. I've been writing and doing art and all that since uh, probably, I mean, writing since I was like 13. But wow. like like being like oh i'm a writer since like you know 1920 and i'm 40 43 today so so have you ran your or have you have you like uh, operated your own magazine your own like literary magazine before yeah yeah i've done uh, uh a couple of zines so that's how old i am Mo- none of them are online uh oh, wow. but i've run uh well there was one that was like a defunct we never actually put anything out it was like uh we were going to do it well, there was one that was going to be online based uh, maybe eight years ago, okay. but it just didn't pop off because I was like, man, it was still in that age where I was like, uh, online lit still didn't feel right to me. You know what I mean? It Why not? Well, I came from, uh, you know, DIY kind of background thing and entrenched in that was like the zine culture. Mm-hmm. and like self-publishing being self-publishing like you you printed up some shit and put it out and so i think once you know and i've been online i've been online forever but it still didn't seem like real uh publishing to me until mm-hmm. did you look down on it well yeah yeah, yeah i think well, everyone did yeah, I, I think, I mean, I don't want to say look down on it because it wasn't, I, it, I think it was viewed as a different, different thing. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like, it obviously wasn't taken seriously in terms of like, uh, you know, like publishing, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a writer and I've put out my books on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it, uh, it, so it didn't, it didn't stand up to the, to the same measure, but I don't think, uh, I think it was viewed entirely as a separate thing. It was like, oh, I'm an, I do this thing on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the internet has since become so ingrained in everyday life that it's just a part of us now. You know, it's just the world. It is the real world, you know? Uh, do you wish that it could go back to, like, putting out, like, physical zines? Like, people would, like, go back to that? Uh, I mean, they still do. Um, I think a complicated question, right? Um, Mm -hmm. If we're talking Blackwood's utopian kind of let me weave the way the world works. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things that the accessibility of the internet and, you know, it lowered that barrier to entry, right? Like anyone can now, start writing their poems and publish them online and like, you know, get them social media following and interact with a community of writers and things like this, you know, and kind of build 
this kind of clout situation, you know, like, um, and I don't mean clout as in like a, a pejorative sense. I just mean, you know, building a name for yourself. Cause that's always been that, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's showing up at open mics and, you know, back, back in, back in my day, you know, when you're mm-hmm. growing up at, you know, writing groups and workshops in person and doing open mics and like putting out zines and things like that, you're, you're building this, this community and this, this reputation for yourself. Um, and online, everybody starts at that base kind of, uh, zero follower count, you know, I guess. Yeah. And just tries to insert themselves into that social media game. And then once you go from there, you know, then you're can put out stuff and kind of build your reputation. Um, I think the the lowering of the bar to access, meaning anyone can do that, means that there's probably way more zines and magazines and literary magazines and things actually being um, put out now. Mm-hmm. Probably printed as well. You know, uh, it, you know, if you went on Etsy or you know whatever kind of marketplace you could find, you could find a million zines for sale. Yeah, I think uh, I think Rudy and Will from like or the they're like they're gonna do like they're doing like beyond the last estate so they're actually making like a real magazine like the pig roast publishing guy yeah yeah yeah. are you gonna be involved with that uh i've I've been uh no i haven't been asked to involve i've kind of been mia i uh i i'm still around but i'm i'm a a spectral figure at the moment so no if you see it and read it and it's like really cool are you gonna get jealous and like want to be asked or are you going to go to them and ask to be in it no no i never asked to be in anything i'm kind of anti uh i'm a i don't know man it's i jake blackwood is a an outlet for an avenue of myself that i try to hide is jake Uh, blackwood like a character I mean, no, it's just, it's a pen name, but it is a, uh, okay. there's a, pers- a persona to it. Um, so I am like, I'm a, I'm a writer and an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, under my actual name. And I don't, <laughs> I, to keep my professional life and personal life separate and all this, you know, you use, uh, you know, pen names and things like that. And, and, uh, you know, aliases and stuff. And Jake Blackwood is the alias of a man who writes mm-hmm. other things. And, you know, it's, a, you know, it's just layers deep, but like, I mean, I'm just me. People know me. I'm me, but Jake Blackwood, I guess what I was trying to say is that, uh, when I post online, I often am very much uh, uh, promotional, like self-promotional kind of thing. Like, I'm the greatest there is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like, yeah, I, I can tell with your tweets, they're very, very like, overly confident. And I, yeah. it's very entertaining to me. Yeah, that's, and that's kind of what it is. That's my writing voice of Jake Blackwood, you know what I mean? The, the tweet thing is like it, that. Is it more fun to have that? like that mask that you can put on 
and over embellish yourself or like act like a, a hyperbolic version of a part of yourself? Is it fun and more creative? Uh, it's fun and it's safer. Um, I, mm-hmm. because I was, uh, you know, I'm old enough that we didn't, we weren't doing Twitter. So I was just a loud asshole mm-hmm. in, in person in real life for a long time. For a long time. So it's yeah. just better to be able to like say it online and, you know, just kind of explore ideas and, you know, be honest, you know, that's the yeah. kind of yeah. thing is like when I, so my, my other work, um, if people find out, you know, my real name or find or rather if people find out in real life, the work that I do, you know, then they want to talk about like, Oh, you do that. And then it's very awkward. And I'm thinking about everyone who meets me, you know, have they read any of my work or what have they thought about? Like, have they seen like my galleries or like anything like that? And are they judging me? I'm hyper self-conscious, right. About people's judgment of me. Um, so, Jake Blackwood being this other identity is how I kind of just get to write things and do things and explore things without it affecting my professional artistic life or my personal life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel Uh, like a lot, a lot of people like within like, uh, like misery loves company, like some of the people in there, they have like, like pin names. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, other people just don't care, you know? And I, and I get that. Um, I just, I kind of like, hate. and so the promotional thing, I kind of, will I be upset if I'm not invited to be into the, uh, beyond last estate production? Um, yes, because I want everyone to love me and want me to be everywhere, but mm-hmm. also, uh, no, I won't, I won't care because I'm kind of anti-promotion. I don't, I truly, um, I don't know if it's a personality thing or a mental illness thing or what, but like money freaks me out. I don't like money and I don't like, uh, like success even freaks me out. Like I had to go for a long time before I, success was very elusive for me in life because I didn't want to get it. I didn't think I deserved it or whatever. I still don't. I kind of hate it. Um, so I have to literally be managed through any sort of trajectory of like success. The minute people are like, oh yeah. Like if I get too many likes on Twitter, mm-hmm. I will stop using Twitter for a while. So do you like self-sabotage in a way? Yeah, but it's like, it's not, it's, I'm old enough and smart enough now that I know that I'm self-sabotaging. So mm-hmm. I don't do things that explode my life. I just stop trying and turn it off. You know it's what I mean? Coping, like, I, it's like a coping it, mechanism. Yeah, probably like that kind of thing. Where like, if uh, you know, when I was doing, I did stand up for a while. And, oh, you did? Jeez. Yeah, when I was when I was younger, um, and that that cycle of like you you know you you build up and you get ready for the the big show, you know. I mean, you're five ten minutes that's whatever, but the big show, you know, it's everything. Mm-hmm. And you're building up the set and you get up there and you do your set and your drone's going and you're like, yeah, I killed it or whatever. But then you start thinking about how bad you were. And mm-hmm. it's that spiral of like hating your work and everything you do. And the, the lows get too low for me sometimes to have the successes. 
So I purposefully will avoid. How long did you? Process. How long did you stand up? Because I was listening to this other podcast you did about last year, and like you were talking about, you're like a white supremacist at one point, and then at one point yeah. you're like into boxing. So like yeah. during these phases of your life, were you like writing still? Was I writing? Yeah, during those times. Yeah, yeah. I never stopped writing. I was always writing. Okay. Um, and the so the stand up was about three years. About mm -hmm. three years, I was doing that. That was in that was during the tail end of boxing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was doing both of those. Um, but yeah, like my my twenties and early thirties were like. Uh, I was just kind of balled out doing whatever. Do you think that because like maybe the internet wasn't so big at that point that you were out like living like a life? And, like, yeah. Well, yeah. Full circle. Like that's kind of what I was saying about the zine. I got sidetracked or whatever. But like the, the the low barrier to entry means that everyone can do it. So there's a million zines out, right? But that mm -hmm. also means that they're like, it's that saturation, right? So then it becomes the marketing game of get eyes on your thing. Mm -hmm. versus back in the day it was just like oh look someone took the time and effort to make this thing that barely anyone will see like let me check it out and where now did you, good where did you learn how to make zines like who taught you was it like just in your high school no i learned uh just through going to punk shows and stuff and so they had zines at punk shows and mm -hmm. once you see a zine and you're like, oh, it's a bunch of paper folded and stapled together. Like, you can just photocopy shit. Um, and then you're like, oh, these people buy these. Let me do one. And then you do, like, a goofy zine. And then you're you right and stuff. Do you still have friends from those days? Friends? Yeah, friends that you made while you were making your zines. Like, do you still no. have, like, keep in touch with any of those people? No, that's one of the birthday traumas. Like, what? no, I have... Um, like, I have one friend from when I was young who's still around. Literally, everyone else is dead or whoa, gone. Like, just, they, just ghosty. They lived a wild life. Yeah, like a lot of like uh, a lot of violence. A lot of like, um, in the past ten years, it's mainly been like overdose shit. Like people who've been living hard for a long time and it finally caught up with them. Like I don't party like I used to. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like I don't, it's lonely, what, man. What's the most violent death? The most violent death? That you've known. You said there that are I, a lot of violent deaths. You don't have to answer. Like that I've, that I've seen or that I know of someone. That you know of or have seen, yeah. Um, most violent, I guess, would be that I know of. Um, is my I don't want to. I don't want to trivialize like your like friendships or deaths. No man, you mean you're just okay. asking questions. I don't. Okay. I mean, they're not going to be mad if I okay. talk about them. You know, they're. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> so probably like the gnarliest one that I know was my buddy Scotty. Um. He laid his head down on a railroad track what the f oh my god yeah yeah dude um and he had like joked about it before like not like joked but like like dude you know how fucking 
badass. You know, you'd have to like just see it coming, and then he fucking did it. And so that was kind of gnarly. Holy shit, dude. Um, yeah, That's crazy. <laughs> Damn, um, what does that do to you? All these deaths. It feels Eris. Like, Eris fucked me up. Yeah, dude. It's like yeah. one. Yeah, it kind of. Um, they no longer like individually like fuck me up. It just mm-hmm. it's it's a fucked up realization of like the the I guess the the the, the, the utility of life. You know, I guess it's that that cliche, right? Is you kind of see like. When one person, okay, when one person dies that you're close with, it hurts you when you think about them. And then two people do, and it hurts you when you think about them. And eventually, you just start thinking about how it's just sort of you. Mm -hmm. And you have these moments with people, but you can't count on anyone being permanent or lasting or anything. And the moments that like you had with them are just gone there as long as you can hold on to them like you asked me like oh are you friends with anybody from your zine days and it's like well no and so now there's like a whole section of my life that's like doesn't exist like it's just a i'm an old man who's like a long time ago i did a thing well like if you write if you write down those memories don't they then exist away yeah, I mean, you can write them down, but then who reads them and what happens to it and, you know, how many... That's kind of the... That's where I'm at in, in when it comes to art and, and writing, honestly. I'm, I'm more of a a, perpen, a person of practice than I am product, right? Have, um, you, have you thought about writing a memoir? I have, but I don't want to navigate that. There's too much, like... I just don't want to, you know, there's too many people involved in too many places and there's, you know, you promise people shit and you don't, you know, it's not, it's not good. Well, and maybe that, you could change people's names, like do auto fiction. <laughs> well, so that's the thing, right? Like, like if you have incidences that are um, critical to your life, let's say, like a, a literal turning point climax, right? And you've taken an oath or promised someone like, we're never going to talk about this or anything, mm-hmm. you know, even if you go changing their name at that point, you are engaged in fiction, right? Well, that's um, auto fiction. Yeah. But for me, I would rather not play at the edges of reality like that i either want to write fiction or write what happened you're Um, all in or all out yeah i don't like fucking with my reality because like i said all you have with these memories of these people in your life are these memories so the minute you start writing them down and they're now it's different now it's tom instead of bill and it's you know we were actually doing this instead of that. It's like some, it's, it's not really your memory. 
you know, it, it's a different thing. And yeah. I don't need inspiration like that. You know, it, it, the, the traumas or the memories that you have from events are supposed to, I mean, not supposed to, I, that's, that's wrong. That's assumptive. Like everyone so there's no right way to do things. Right. Just what I do. Um, mm. They're the, like the, the well that you draw the water from to make the soup, right? Mm-hmm. They're not the soup. And I think uh, a lot of the reason of so much, so much bad autofiction is because people, you know, like people, it's like, write what you know. And people are like, well, I know what I did. And so they just start writing about their life and it's great. And it's, they, people are clouded by the emotional impact of their own lives. And they think that the moments that they've gone through are profound and deep or uh, significant on a, on an emotional level, but it's really just to them because they were there, you know, and they're not pulling in. I'm not trying to rant about autofiction or whatever. Oh no, you're not. <laughs> but like, you know, for me with, with my work that I do, my other writing that I do, and then my Jake Blackwood stuff, uh, there's no room for like, I guess there's room for it. I just don't, I don't want to play with it. Okay. I don't want to play with it, you know? And the other podcast I was listening to, you said you were like part of like a, a national, like criminal organization at one point. Yeah. Were you part of the Hells Angels? No. Okay. Was no. it close to the Hells Angels? Similar type of thing, but not, no, not were wasn't in the, angels. Were you in the Crips? No, <laughs> I wasn't no. a Crip. See, so like this right here, like this is, and I'm, it's fine. What you're asking is, is fine question. But like when you get into like doing auto fiction and stuff like this, right? Like you're asking questions like this. I have to like, I would have to create a whole fake thing that no one could be like oh yeah i know what he's talking about right and somebody mm-hmm. always knows what you're talking about you know someone always figure out oh it's this guy and he's saying this and he's actually talking about so and so and then word gets around and i'm not like saying that i'm under any like uh omerta fucking blood contract of like you know if i say a name then i will you know they'll come for my family i'm not trying to say that but it's one of those things where, like, I just don't want to touch it. I don't want to. Some things are better left uh, unfucked with. Did you get any cool, like, birthday presents today? No, I didn't get any presents. I've been taking care of the house with the kids, and I'm just doing my thing. All right. I saw you have, like, a setup where you watch, like, movies and you play games. And you're watching, like, Johnny Number 5 or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, part of my Jake Blackwood art is... Uh, I use analog video, so VHS, um, reel-to-reel, things like that. Basically, magnetic analog tape. Um, you have you have a camcorder from, like, back in the day? Yeah, I've got, like, five of them. Um, you have five? Wow. I've, yeah, man. I, got, <laughs> I have a whole video production studio from, like, the 80s or 90s, basically. I've got broadcast monitors and video effects units and all analog so like if you any in any of the like 
video most people don't know but like if uh, on instagram i have some videos or like on my uh on youtube there's a couple things i've made a couple movies and stuff any of the visual effects that i do are analog like the videos are put together um and like processed in adobe like uploaded obviously digitized but like it's all digital or, or analog overlay using like analog equipment and stuff you ever run out of the vhs tapes or are they pretty easy to go out and buy <laughs> no they're so no man they're like i have first of all i have like thousands um in storage and everywhere and then when you go to like one of my favorite things to do is go to estate sales and you just buy vhs tapes of uh you know with like the random writing on them the, the blank tapes that have been used and recorded over in in things like that and you find people's home movies on there and like just wow. all kinds of crazy shit you know and i mean it's not really crazy usually it's very innocuous you know it's just like family vacation but you just get to like watch and see these like weird interactions with people and like the insides of people's homes from 30 years ago and like i don't know um but they're all over and so you go to estate sales and i'll be like last time i actually went to an estate sale was uh, a couple months back and there were two tapes that i wanted out of this pile there were two giant boxes and i was like how much for the vhs tapes and the lady was like a dollar and i was like okay i'll take these and she was like you can take them all if you want for a dollar nice <laughs> and so i'm like all right but so no they're super easy to come by did you, have, did you ever like trade tapes with other tape people yeah once in a while um the problem is is like everybody wants like horror is like a huge thing so everybody's trying to collect all the horror horror stuff um and nobody wants to make a bad trade right mm -hmm. and all of the stuff that everyone has is kind of there's a million copies of it you know like uh the the mountain of jerry's you know about the mountain of jerry's no what is that it's uh these folks i used to know uh, call everything is terrible it's uh, like a collective or whatever they they did uh vhs chop-ups of like old uh religious videos and kids programming and stuff like that and you know you can look up online just look up everything is terrible and you'll find stuff by them um but they at one point started a campaign i don't remember the exact specifics of it but it was like it was due to the fact that everywhere you went there were copies of jerry Maguire on vhs like everywhere like a million copies of them so they were just like started a campaign of send us your jerry's and so everyone from all over started sending them any copy of jerry Maguire that they could find and they built like a giant jerry Maguire mountain sculpture of like all of the jerry's that they got so oh my god that's awesome that sounds yeah, like a short story yeah, yeah but you know again real life i was gonna ask like this criminal organization like how do you get like what's the processes to starting out in it and like what are the thresholds you have to break through to like get to the top it just you just hang out with criminals like basically you hang out with criminals and then are they, do, are they cool people or are they like dicks um, or, or are they or are they dicks are they cool because i mean even like criminals are cool 
I yeah, like. well, you get, I mean, there's certain, obviously there's different levels. It's like any corporation, basically. Um, mm -hmm. So That's kind of boring. Start, it just like resembles like corporate structure in the end. Pretty much, dude. Like pretty much. It's basically like you start hanging out with criminals at a low level and those are your buddies and mm -hmm. you're having fun and you're doing whatever and you're, you know, your relationships or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, we can make money doing some stuff. Yeah, it just becomes a fucking job yeah. at the end. Yeah, and then it's like some guys fall away because it's scary and sketchy, and some guys are like bad at it. Like, you know, prisons full of dumb people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody goes to prisons dumb, but like you're simply having like a like a manager who like bitches at yeah. you. Yeah, and then like then once you get above that ground, it's like it's kind of like an every man for themselves sort of thing. You know, it's like you're all, you utilize each other mm -hmm. to further your own goals and your own sort of sphere of power. And, yeah. but there's no like, ultimately, there's no loyalty anywhere. You just have a bunch of like kiss asses and yes men at the top. They're like trying to get over. I wouldn't even say that because that, that even, like the shit you see from like old, like, I mean, maybe different, different things are different, right? But like, Typically, what you see from like, uh, you know, old mob movies or whatever, where all the, you know, the yes men, like, yeah, boss, we'll do whatever the boss, like, that's all, that's kind of bullshit. Cause it's like, at a certain level, you've got every dude in the room is just a psychopath who will kill you if you cross him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they're all like that. But do you have that same mentality yourself? If someone crosses you, you'll you'll kill them. Yeah, at one point in my life, definitely for sure, dude. Like you have to. You it's 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 like, you know, it extends from. It's just how it is. You know, if you at one point in life, I had to adopt a certain concept of like, if you, I feel like I've talked about this. This stage of it, um, if you step towards me within if you get within three feet of me with hostile intentions whether that be attitude or whatever i'm not waiting to see what if you, i'm not waiting to see if you're going to get in my face and call me a name you know what i mean if you come to me looking angry and you're at three feet i'm dropping you you know what wow. i mean um so a lot of violence and, and that's just kind of standard you know what i mean you don't like wait for I guess normal people like normal. I don't try to be like, Oh, normies or whatever, but like non like people who are worried about the consequences of violent actions. Right. They hesitate. That's two guys getting each other's face and they start arguing and they got to work each other up to who's going to take the first swing. And they'll argue about like, I'm not swinging first, make a move. You, you make a move. Cause they're, they're like debating with themselves in their head of like, well, how much trouble will I get in if I do this or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you're involved in a violent lifestyle, that calculation is gone and it's simply, am I going to, or not? You know what I mean? Yeah. How, how'd you get out of the organization? Was that like uh, um, jeopardizing in any way? I guess. No, no, no. It, it's not like a, it's not like a, you don't like go into retirement. You just kind of, you know, 
Stop hanging around those people. Drift away and then suddenly things aren't your responsibility and time goes on and, you know, people go to prison and pretty soon, you know, you're kind of on your own, you know? They don't like reach out to you and like, where are you? No, no. Okay. No. It's so it's not, a choice. It's yeah. Yeah. It, it's again, a lot of stuff that people say and talk about with crime and stuff is like, you know, uh, they just have false perceptions of how things work. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, it's, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all mystical. And a lot of guys who talk about, like, I don't even really, I mean, I'm talking about it cause I agreed to do an interview and you're asking me questions. I'd be a fucking asshole. If I was like, I don't want to talk about that shit. Well, right I mean, now. like if you're like, Sorry. I feel like you're in jeopardy or something. I want to wonder. No, no, I'm, I'm not in jeopardy and I'm never going to say anything that, that puts me in jeopardy, which is like my other, which is why the answer sounds fucking stupid because <laughs> I'm not going into detail, but like, uh, the perceptions people have about stuff is just off. Like if you think about it, right? Like and the kind of the big, I, I, this topped in my head, like Snoop Dogg is a crip, right? Mm-hmm. He's hanging out with Martha Stewart. He's doing whatever he wants to, but he's a crip. And we like collectively as society, like mom, middle-aged moms love Snoop Dogg. You know, he's like, Oh, Snoop, he's a fucking crip. All right. It's, there's people like me everywhere and you don't like, uh, you don't really think about it. You know, uh, the ones who make it to the end where I did, I guess we're just kind of good at like being alive. I don't know. How did you gradually like get out of the like white supremacist like mindset when you were younger? Um, I realized that it was bullshit. Hold on a second. Sorry, my kid came in asking me questions. I mean, he let the dogs in, so I have two chihuahuas on me now. Um, how did I get out of the white supremacist mindset? Yeah. Um, basically, I just I started asking questions. I got into it because I was young and uh, a delinquent and had questions about things. You know, like there were there were. I saw like so when you're when you're young and you're doing crime right like there definitely you encounter like there's black gangs and there's latino gangs and so you coalesce with your race that's just how it goes in jail and that's in fucking juvie and upward right like that's all just how it goes and so when you see the reality of the world uh at that level right when all you know is that like base level of the world and you see it divided clearly by race And Mm -hmm. then you see the big thing for me was that I saw that it was very clear that like the Mexican guys didn't like us and the black guys didn't like us and we didn't like them. And we were all equally enemies with one another, you know? Um, And then I saw the greater world, the civilized normal society saying, talking about like um, their views on racism, like how like racism's bad and like white supremacists are like bad and stuff and all this. And like, I knew what they meant. I knew they meant like the KKK burning churches and shit was like bad, but hearing the like, uh, refusal to acknowledge that, like, no, no, like race isn't some construct that like we have invented to like, 
do you know it, like it didn't mm -hmm. mesh for me so it just kind of pushed you further into a reactionary stance and then you get deeper into um the underworld with that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and um you start learning more and you start studying that's what i did i read and i studied and so i became more and more white supremacist until you get to the end of the grift Settle down, Penny. You get to the end of the grift and you're like, wait, none of this actually adds up. This is a con. And literally everyone, everyone at the top of this scheme is doing it for power consolidation. And it's a way to manipulate group mindset and everything I've believed was fucking stupid. So I'll stop believing that now. And then once you get out, where do you, do you already have interest that you're going to go on and do something else like stand up? Or do you just like, well, I've wasted this time maybe, and so I gotta find something new? No, it wasn't like a, I guess maybe that's part of the the thing that people don't realize. It's like, so even as a, in while doing crime and being a degenerate kind of person, um, you're still doing other stuff. Like I was still just like, my dogs are literally fighting on my bed. What are you guys doing? Get out of here. <laughs> Go out of here. Go. Go. Go play. Jesus. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, like, okay, I'm a white supremacist or whatever, like, so, but I'm still, like, going grocery shopping and then, like, hanging out with people and we're doing stuff on the weekend. So, at that time, I'm doing, like, body modification for a living, going to stand-up shows and then boxing, like, for training and stuff. And then you're just kind of doing all of this and then you stop with the ideology right mm -hmm. and all you really lose is anyone who was also just associating with you for ideology you get what i mean um but i guess from my perspective i came to a point where i realized the things that i had thought and believed were stupid and so I didn't mind cutting myself off from people who still believe them, you know? Cause like, then I tried to tell people, I'd be like, yo, this is fucking dumb. Like you can't, like this mm -hmm. actually doesn't add up, dude. Like, um, and then you see the, the bullshit. And that's part of my frustration with the internet too, is like online right wing white supremacist reactionaries and stuff like that. And I'm like, I literally know every fucking thing that you've got in your pocket to try to say or every fucking argument you're going to say before you say it just fucking shut up mm -hmm. when do you create jake blackwood why do i create jake blackwood? no when, when did you when did the idea come to you i guess were you already on the internet i suppose yeah yeah um so actually it was probably eight years ago no seven years ago i got i created the Twitter account Jake Blackwood seven years ago yesterday. I got my notification the day before my oh. birthday. Wow. Seven years ago. Um, but I had written some short stories under the name Jake Blackwood. Um outside of genre, my normal genre. When you first started writing like the stories, did you already have the idea in your head that I'm gonna be like a different person? Or did you like create it when you logged on to the Twitter and like, oh, I need a different name because I've written these stories? I, um, I created sort of the, I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, I guess I created the stories first. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I view it kind of more as like, even though it's just me, I kind of view it as like a, it's like the band process, right? Like you get together and you're jamming, you know, and then you're like, oh, this is good. I should do something with, all right, what are we going to call this? You know? And so like, I had the same kind of thing where I was like, oh, I kind of like writing this. What? Who? Sh- I can't, who am I when I write this? This is Jake Blackwood. Okay. Jake Blackwood, you know, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Jake Blackwood kind of became, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, uh, originally uh, an outlet, because I never really thought about all this before, <laughs> um, originally an outlet to explore outside of my normal professional artistic life. Because, um, again, you know, like, if you are, if you're known for something or a professional in a field and then you just want to like dick around and on the internet or on Twitter in that field, like everything you say or do is going to be weighed against your professional life and then subsequently your personal life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. If you decide that you want to publish like a weird fucking story in some weird little online lit man, you can't do that under your professional thing because it's just going to tag in all it, everything ties in together. So Jake Blackwood became my artistic sort of, experimental voice or you know and i guess is more me now than the professional me honestly yeah i feel like uh that's what like cav from back patio press was talking about because like he's like a high school teacher and he doesn't want people finding out that he's written like these fucked up things and he's afraid like getting fired from his job so he has to like protect yeah himself from that and it sucks because it feels like it's like you're being censored by like the outer world or the corporate world trying to peek in and like see what the fuck you're doing and they get you in trouble. Well, for me, it's a choice. I get why people feel like that. And I can feel, you know, for him and people like him, I'm, I'm not complaining though. I'm fortunate. Like I, for me, the, I don't want to break anyone's heart and I don't want anyone to feel bad. Um, and I'm sure I'll disagree with this on any given day, but like, the art world and the writing world um, when it comes to professionalism and money and all that is a fucking sham. It's just, it's it's all the grift. It's the same shit. It's all whatever. We, we all know, we've all heard it a million times, right? So for me, maintaining the uh, kind of flow of my professional current is just like the thing that i do in the off side and now yeah jake blackwood is the guy that i just get to do whatever the fuck i want to do and be weird and post about it and like not have to worry about like uh how it's going to be judged in a pantheon of my own of my work or whatever Mm -hmm. and allows me to (laughs) aggressively be anti-marketing you know like i i get to like be like i don't care i'm not selling you anything you know so how do you become like the agent for like eris and elmash um well elmash i i'm not i'm not elmash's agent currently but um basically you just you just make a an arrangement and they you promote them you know it's just a individual i don't really deal with contracts are you really their agent, or is this like a like a a pretend plaything? 
I don't know. I don't really know. I can't really speak. I don't know speak. what I don't know what they want to disclose. I don't know. I mean, Eris, you know, I'm, that that was real. Eris's agent, you know, I'm Eris's agent. But as far as anyone else goes, I, I don't discuss my business with clients. So if someone is going to put out something with by Eris's work or collection, they go to you. No. Um, no. No, no, I don't. I don't. I retain no rights to, to anything or control over anything. I'm. I'm just somebody's rep. I guess. I guess at this point, Eris said I'm no longer Eris's rep. She's dead, right? So, well, I feel um, like you can still rep her in some way. No, that's kind of the. I don't rock like that. I let. That sounds like I'm owning. I can't own a person. Or like protecting, protecting her. For work, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How'd you? How'd you come to meet her? Like just over online, I guess. Yeah, on the internet, man, and like uh, just Twitter, and we talked, and we talked, and we talked, and. And she approached you about becoming her agent. Yeah, yeah, she was great. Were you already L Nash's agent? So I don't even know what you're talking about. Actually, I just L Nash. I, yeah. I mean, like, I know El Nash. I'm not her agent, though. I don't know. I thought you posted. were. I thought that was like oh. thing. No, <laughs> maybe she said something, or maybe we, maybe I've represented her at one point for a moment. Oh shit! So you're only Eris's agent. Well, I have other clients. I do have other clients. Derek, I'm not. I can't. Again, I'm not going to talk business. If oh. my clients want, if my clients want to talk about what I do for them, then. I'm fine with that. So that's kind of the, that's where I'm at. Right. Like, it's kind of like, uh, like a doctor, right? Like I can't tell you unless my client says that I can disclose to you. You're kind of blurring the lines now between Jake Blackwood and the other guy. A little bit. It's all, I mean, it's still me. Jake Blackwood's me, but I'm also my real. Now he is, but before he wasn't, he wasn't until I talked about it with you. You know, it was just kind of the thing I did, Uh you know? Um, I would have, it was funny because I would have conversations with my wife. I'd be working on something. I'd be in my studio and I'd be like, look at that, you know? And we'd have conversations. She'd be like, well, what what are you going to do with it? And I'd be like, I don't know. Is it going to be like a Jake Blackwood thing? Or am I going to like, you know, release it? Or like, maybe this is another thing. I don't know. You know, like just so. But Jake Blackwood is like who anybody knows. I don't talk to anyone else. Like everybody I know in real life outside of some work stuff is dead. And my one homie who's been down with me since I was 13. What know? about the misery loves company people? They're great. Um, I just been MIA. I do. I've been working a lot, like working on stuff. And when mm-hmm. I, 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 I kind of cocoon, right? Like I don't, um, my energy can only go one place, right? So I'm either working on projects or I'm being social and active online and like doing misery loves company and stuff like that um so i feel like you're part of the lore over there the way they talk about you i'm just i'm just a guy dude you know no they talk about you like you're like this like mythic i don't know because like you wrote this one story about someone like shooting themselves in a place that was like very like mercy company (laughs) they love that they talk about that a lot that was a that was a big splash. That was good. Yeah, I wrote a story about um, 
I had been going to Misery Loves Company, and you know, Jesus kind of, you get the flow. It, it, every open mic is the same, basically, except Misery Loves Company. But um, after going to Misery Loves Company for a while, I, I kind of got the pattern, and I saw what was going on, and I was having some emotions and feeling things and whatever. So I wrote this story about a guy who <clears throat> was in an online uh, literary open mic and listen to, listen to the stories of the people who talked before him and stuff and then he like killed himself on camera and like in my story I basically wrote out the flow of everyone who I knew was going to be there and like the whole thing so like they were legit like oh my god is this guy going to fucking kill himself on zoom right now um, yeah I read the story and it's funny because the guy like it seems like one of the guys is planning on killing himself but then like someone yeah. else does it before yeah. him and it like pisses yeah. him off and that's yeah. like the funniest swerve i've read in a while yeah that was the, he got mad because he's like well i was gonna yeah i gotta i gotta i haven't read that in a while i think if I you get, like did like a sequel it would be funny if like that became a thing and like someone won an award because they like killed themselves and he's like he's still pissed <laughs> off because he's never done it he gets nominated for the push cart man. yeah <laughs> that's it. he gets the push cart <laughs> Fucking awesome self. <clears throat> maybe maybe I'll do a sequel. I don't know. Do you have any novels that you've written? Uh, no, Jake. No, not yet. No, no, um, no. Would you ever Jake do Bible? one that's like multimedia? Like it like goes through like video and then on the page and then on like YouTube. Yeah. So I mean, I do. A, I kind of do some of that um i have written a jake blackwood has not written novels i'll say that um but the other but, guy has yeah um but multimedia thing is, is cool you know but like i kind of feel like I, i'm stuck in a loop I, i'm cursed with age i like it right like uh house of leaves came out right that was like the big one the big you know kind of oh man it blows your mind and it was cool you know i, I get it but i'm kind of cursed with being in book culture when that blew up so mm -hmm. it's just like imprinted now so like i think if i whenever i start trying to do like mixed media with my work like that i start i i catch myself and i'm like dude you're going house of leaves what the fuck are you doing like you're so i, I gotta check i maybe i need to create another persona to branch out and work on that i don't know is the other guy that's not jake blackwood is, is the writing significantly different? Uh, no, not significantly different, but it is. Um, way better. <laughs> it's better. It's better. I like. Uh, no, I'm better. It's it's more polished. And Jake Black again. Jake Blackwood is where I get. Oh wow! Yeah, I, again, I never really thought about it. Jake Blackwood. I get uh, an idea for. Um, a story like I get the idea like what if a guy just killed himself on zoom during a fucking thing and then I kind of build around it and I build the structure my other work is very I'm very much a structuralist so I I'm outlining um, and when I'm doing artwork you know I'm planning scenes and I'm gridding and it's all process oriented um, Jake Blackwood is just fucking let it bang and see what happens Kind of the, the id, almost. 
Have you ever started a story as the other guy, but then Jake Blackwood came into the writership of the story he took over? No, but there are a couple projects that are kind of in flux that I thought were <laughs> that I thought were Jake Blackwood things that I started writing. And then I got to a point where I was like, I don't know how to finish this. And so I kind of put them on the shelf and I'm like, maybe I'll look at them again in does, a different life. <laughs> does Jake Blackwood has has he lived a different life than the other guy? No, no, it's all me. It's just uh okay. again, you know, I again it sounds weird, but it's like I don't know. I you get maybe it's like this. May I don't know if I'll stand by this tomorrow after when I hear myself say it, but riffing here. A lot of my life uh was you're just kind of standoffish and you're uh I'm the baddest guy in the room and I don't care who's here, so I don't really give a fuck about you and I'm gonna say what I wanna say and be what I wanna be. Right. And then you back away from that life and you start building this other thing. And now in real life, the guy who was like, he used to be like that for real has to, I mean, I drop my kids off at school, you know, I take them to MMA practice and I'm smiling at people and I got like professional situation going where I'm, you know, oh yeah, everything's great. I'm high. I'm smiley. And then Jake Blackwood is just kind of the, yeah, man, I'm going to live in a van and, Fucking do whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And switch places, you know. Does Jake Blackwood ever pick up the kids from school? Uh, sometimes. And then I have to remember that I'm there and I turn the music down before I open the doors to let them in. There's like a weed smoke that's like coming out of the doors. <laughs> no, no, there's not never weed smoke coming out of the doors, but I have been incredibly high when I picked up my kid from school. And I'm not um proud to say you know that's dui you're you're kind of admitting to that but um just kind of smoked and you forget what time of day it is you're just kind of dicking around the house working in your studio getting ripped and doing your thing and then all of a sudden the alarm goes off you're like oh shit, i gotta pick up the kid in 15 minutes do you ever like have a process to like entering the mindset of jake blackwood like before you start writing as in uh usually um depression and chaos takes care of it for me um, yeah, I, so when I'm working on other stuff, it's again, you know, I'm, I'm very put together and it's structural, the structure is important and the sticking to it and following process and all that stuff. Um, but when I get writer's block or a better lack of a better term, but not writer's block, just a creative block, let's say with my normal stuff, mm -hmm. um, that's when Jake Blackwood just kind of sits down and is like, all right, what if we fucking, what if we just do something we've never done before, you know? And then I start welding shit together and making robots and doing whatever, you know? So it's like, were you surprised? Uh, were you expecting the Jake Blackwood thing to take off as much as it has, I guess? No, I, not at all. I, again, it was like, uh, I, I just thought I was going to be an anonymous dude like anybody else, you know? And like, part of me was like, I, so I created the account looking for online 
like lit mags to like, okay, what can I mess around with? You know? So I created it like with the naive mindset of like writing community people, like where do I find a writing community that I can interact with on Twitter, you know? And within like two days on Twitter of seeing hashtag writing community, I was like, I want to fucking napalm the fucking world right now. I'm done with this shit. And yeah. that's kind of when I was like, okay, no. And then I eventually found my way to misery tourism folks and that my adjacent circles. But I still like every time, you know, every time I gain, I gain, when I hit 500 followers on my account, I was like, I need to delete this shit. This is ridiculous. The fuck? I don't know. How did you find misery tourism? Oh, shit. Um, I don't even know, dude. Um, I think I oh I read I read a I wish I could fucking remember who's but I read a story I saw I was just searching like writing community shit and someone had tweeted a story they posted and when I come across tweets where people post like hey I wrote this story my story's published I try to read it mm-hmm. like like if I'm on Twitter I'm dedicating that time to like this is Twitter time and I include twitter time as like reading the fucking links that people post so like someone posted a thing that they posted on misery tourism and it was a story about how they had accidentally shot uh their a kid they grew up with down the road or something it was just a good story um i'll have to go back and look for it and give them a shout out um or something but it was a good story and i was like oh what's misery tourism and then i, I found them but that's how What's the first like internet literary place you knew of? Was this like back in the yeah two thousands? Uh, yeah, no, uh, ninety seven. Wow, ninety eight, ninety seven. Um, it was a thing called Naked Poetry, and it was this. It was out of like uh, it was out of Tampa, Florida, I think. And so it was like, it was kind of crossovers though, but that was the first internet, like, oh, we published, because, yeah, yeah. It was this chick, Rhonda, she did like a zine thing and like local writing stuff, but then she had this website where she published stuff too. So I guess that like helped me bridge the gap of like, oh, well, it's, you know, both. But that was like the first, I don't think it's around anymore. And then there was uh, one called Spoken War, which was like, around the same time i think those were like the first big ones that i remember did you ever get into like html giant like in the 2000s no 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 i wasn't messing with that but did you did you know of it yeah yeah i just i was kind of (laughs) busy i wasn't really involved in uh, you're busy like partying yeah like i wasn't doing a lot so like i was had creative output but i wasn't like involved with like internet scenes or any kind of thing like that throughout most of mid 2000s to teens probably Mm -hmm. 20 teens so back when you're like first discovering like the naked poetry did you look at it did you look down on it or like oh that's interesting but not something i'd be interested in or did you like publish in there 
No, no, I thought it was I thought it was cool, but again, it was because I think because I knew that she was doing stuff in real life, so it was mm-hmm. like it was just an, a a secondary thing that she was doing. And I was like, oh, that's cool, and that kind of made me see like, oh, you know. And then after that, I don't know. I think the next, I don't really know, man. Like, did, did you ever hear like Pendley Boss? No, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. That was one of the early ones. Did you know her in real life? Who? The person that ran Naked Poetry? Oh, no. I knew of her. I didn't wasn't like friends with her or whatever, but I knew like people who knew her and shit, so I knew she was a real person. Was she well known? No. She was just like, I mean, in like local art scene thing, maybe, you know, but not like famous or anything. So, like, well-known within your community? Yeah, sort of, yeah. I mean, you got to figure, I'm coming from, like, uh, I tweeted before that, like, I'm perfect for being a niche micro-celebrity because I got, because I come from, like, punk rock. So, like, mm-hmm. a scene where 12 people know me is, like, I'm famous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Do you have, like, uh, rules for someone that's entering a mosh pit? How to make it, like, a successful mosh pit? Entering or just like conduct within? I guess conduct within. What's conduct like? Within. Yeah, yeah, man. Keep your hands below your shoulders. Um, help anybody who gets knocked down, and uh, don't purposely try to fucking hurt anyone. And if you get mad, walk the fuck away. Have you seen anyone like sexually assault someone else? Yeah. Yeah. Does that happen yeah. a lot? In a mosh pit. Yeah. No, no, I never saw that in the mosh pit. Okay. <laughs> he just meant in general. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. Not so you've just pit. like seen it in everyday life? No, I mean, I was at work at a club. Oh, okay. You're a bouncer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy was like, this chick was hammered. She was out of it. It was a dance club in Ybor City, Tampa. And uh, she was like, we were just packed. It was like, uh, they have this thing called guava ween there. It's like, a, it's like a bootleg, uh, not bootleg. Sorry, Tampa, Ebor. I'm not trying to, it's, it's like their version of Mardi Gras. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this club was like packed shoulder to shoulder. We could barely move. We were in the fire code violation all fucking day. And we were trying to get people cleared out and shit. And this chick was just hammered. Like, I don't know if she was hammered. She might have just been high. I don't know. She was fucking gone, though. And this dude was, like, three people. It was, like, her and then, like, two people smashed up against her. And, like, the third guy behind her was, like, reaching around down her shirt and, like, grabbing her and shit. And, like, we couldn't get through to him through the crowd. And he's going towards the door. He fucking ran off and shit. It was fucked up. Did you ever slam anyone on the ground? Yeah. Yeah? Big yeah. jump guys. I mean, a lot of them. I mean, bro, a lot of people. Like in, in the gang, was there ever, like, sexual activity between the guys? Between the guys and the gang? Yeah. Not that I know. I mean, maybe. Okay. I, don't, I don't think... Uh, not prevalent. No, not really a thing. Okay, never mind. We talk, are, are we tapping into, like like homosexual violence down low culture i guess down low culture yeah no we weren't we didn't have a lot of that like uh 
No. no. So have you written a novel? Yeah. Well, Jake Blackwood has not. But I've written, yes, I've written novels. Would you ever but, go back and rewrite it as Jake? No. Fuck that. God, once they're done, I'm so fucking done. I don't ever want to look at them again. Have you, like, sent it to Will or Rudy? No. No, nobody knows my bullshit, my real life. I think the only only person who knows, well, from outside of, like, my real life buddies, like, nobody really knows. Would it take away from Jake Blackwood if you took the novel and you put Jake Blackwood's name on it and... But it was really the other guy who had written it. But you're you're posing as Jake Blackwood and sending it out as Jake Blackwood. Yeah, it would be yeah. weird. It would be weird. I wouldn't want to do that. That's, That's like uh, not <clears throat> That's cool. a good question. No, no, yeah, I never again. I, one of those things I never thought about. The I always view Jake Blackwood as like throwaway, but I also then don't want, <laughs> don't want like some bullshit that's not. <clears throat> What I would really, I don't, man, wow, what is Jake Blackwood thought provoking on the birthday? Man, gotta think about it. Maybe you could do like meditations of Jake Blackwood. <laughs> they would just turn into the rantings of an old man. That would just... <laughs> is Jake Blackwood old or young? Is he ageless? Oh, I think Jake Blackwood is young, actually. Mm -hmm. Jake Blackwood is, is me in stasis. At like uh I don't know twenty nine to thirty four all in one. Basically. It's very much it's very much like a wrestling persona. Yeah, dude, that's the way to put it. That's the way to go. It is a uh, you know, it's I'm still me and the lumps are still real in the ring, you know? Mm -hmm. And the outcome is predetermined, but damn it, it's still real to me. Kind of a thing. Do you ever watch wrestling? No. I did uh, as a kid, little. Yeah. Who was your favorite? Uh, back in the day, was just, I mean, I was uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, man. I was, you know, Jake the Snake. I was Jake. Jake's my Are real you, name. Have you wait? What Jake is your real name? Yeah, Jacob. Jacob. Oh, we got a clue. Yeah. I'm just gonna try and find you. Where'd you come up with a uh, Blackwood? Uh, it's a changing and an inversion of a family name. Another clue. Mm. Yeah. Are you scared that people are going to no. find you? No. You're I not? Mean, no, because then I would just, Jake Blackwood would stop existing. Really? But, yeah, that, that's kind of the thing, right? Is like, if I'm. Like at that point, then everything is tied together. If everything one person found out who you were, you would seize it. Probably, yeah. If it was like if they if I knew that someone was like, oh, here's the deal, and here's this guy, and went like, probably, yeah, I probably would. And that's not like me being like, don't do it or I'm gone. Like you know what I mean? I'm not like threatening. But like at that point, it becomes kind of pointless for me because then it's like everything Jake Blackwood does is it's a, is me like real me. And then everything real me has done is Jake Blackwood, and the whole point, the whole thing was a, kind of a pointless exercise, you know. Or you could just make it bigger and more outrageous. Yeah, but you know, then I've got 
Do you think at some point you'll ever change your name, your legal name to Jake Blackwood? No, no, never. No. Never do that. No. No. When I you, like, uh, hit off yeah. and you became like real famous. Did I you self sabotage. I don't want to be famous. That's the thing. I already limit my own success in reality. Like, I, don't, I, don't. I, I don't know though if you can choose your own fame. I feel like sometimes it. I don't know if like people know they're going to be famous. I think like, that you, you know, you don't know if you're going to be famous, but I think you, you can definitely, um, not participate. Participate, yeah, and like you know, it is. You have to, you have to water the the seed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It won't go on its own I, unless you're some truly great. Not you. I won't judge a person by their one action. But if you create something truly great that like just moves people and you can't like then fine. And I'll own that if that happens. But I don't see that happening. I don't, you know, I'm too uh, caught up in my own bullshit to make something that I think touches a bunch of other people. Is that the point of writing though? Is to like try and connect with other people? It is. Um, but how you connect and why you're connecting are different things, right? Um, mm-hmm. And people people always say that shorthand, right? Like, oh, writing is, you know, I want to connect with people. I want the readers to connect with me and uh, identify with my characters or whatever. And then you ask a question, why? Why do you give a shit? If anyone likes what you've written, if anyone identifies, well, then it's good writing. Mm-hmm. So then it's back to you having done a good job, right? So you want that validation. Um, and the truth is that, not, not the truth, that sounds, I sound like I'm trying to fucking be a guru or something, but I found that <clears throat> the commercial mainstream writing that people talk shit on just your your bestseller general fiction kind of bullshit um is by that measure the best writing the most people connect with that and identify with it and fucking love it right and it's the most formulaic easy thing to do um to not to have a success right not to say that anyone can have um bestsellers that's fucking luck and who you know and circumstance just fucking chance you know i wouldn't say though people connect with it like on a deep level where like it kind of like changes them or fucks them up i disagree i think really i do yeah i've seen people cry at you know gas station novels when the the hero fucking you know the hero dies and the then the romance novel they don't get the thing it evokes emotion it fucking connects um Mm. and what it doesn't do is often tickle or or promote that sort of uh emotional intellect where you start probing the deeper questions why and like uh, literary analysis and all that but then that's what we're talking about right where who are you who are you connecting with and why? So if you're trying to create a good story that connects with everybody, write a thing that connects with everybody. Otherwise, what you're actually doing is you're doing like challenge runs 
for yourself, like a video game, right? You're trying mm -hmm. to write something within a set kind of parameter that connects with enough people that you get validation for it, but it's still within your framework of what you want. So you're, it's a constant experiment unless you're going formulaic. Um, so when it comes to Jake Blackwood connecting with people, I don't, I often get depressed in Blackwood world. Um, that people don't connect with and don't really like my work that I'm experimenting with and stuff like that. Um, and then on the other hand, in, in real world, uh, when people like my work and say that I'm doing great and, oh, this is awesome, uh, they just have bad taste and I don't, I don't value their opinion. So... Mm -hmm. That's that's what it is. Would you ever do a collaboration with the other guy and Jake Blackwood? I don't know how I could. I don't know how. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, obviously, theoretical. Pra practically, uh, no, I could not. That would defeat the purpose of me obfuscating. And... Isn't it like the Hulk? And Bruce Banner? Hmm. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's like a Lonely Hulk. Mm -hmm. When I get lonely, I turn into Jake Blackwood. Do you think literature is like an experience or like um, a thing, I guess, a medium? Hmm. I think it is a thing. I think it is a thing. I think reading is an experience. I think writing is an experience, but the product of literature is a thing. Can you feel literature, though, like? I don't know, because I guess like when I've read poetry, like there's mm -hmm. some there's like every once in a blue moon, something really connects and fucks me up and makes me think about life in a yeah. different way. And I think like that's literature to me because I couldn't like really define it when I was like back in college because everyone would say like mm -hmm. they would just like throw the word literature. And I'm like in short story classes, like we're writing literature. We don't do genre. I'm like, what the fuck is literature? Oh, OK, I, I get what you said. I thought you mean literature, literature. Gotcha. I thought you meant just like written word. Um, <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm using it for a different. Yeah, word I think, that I, I, think don't know. I think I'm on a different page. I don't know. Reask question or something. We can recalibrate. I'm lost. Because you were talking about like people <laughs> reading like popular like fiction. Mm, and like yeah, yeah. connecting and having like emotions evoked from them but it's a different experience reading something and then like deeply thinking about it and being introspective about their own lives and i guess yeah. that's to me that would be literature like experiencing literature like i always think like i say like you get literature in the face mm -hmm. it's like a punch yeah um yeah, I, I can see that. I think you're also, not you, but I think you got to look at, in general, the purpose or the intent, rather, of, of the reader, right? Um, I encounter this with, like, artwork. Like, when I make artwork, it's in a gallery, right? Everyone goes into a gallery with the same framing, right? 
They've hmm. decided they're going to an art gallery to look at art. And now there, they're seeing art, right? Um, writing is very different. When you're reading literature in college, you're going in to learn something and experience a new uh, book and tear it apart or, you know, do the analysis and get what you can learn from it and what are the themes here and all this stuff. And you're hoping for this kind of connection, right? Mm -hmm. um, that is a very different experience than someone just picking up genre fiction and reading it for entertainment. But the emotions that are elicited, I think, are the same. When when that that when someone feels sad for one reason or another, they they both feel sad. the The work as a whole could be much more complex and in depth when it comes to like literature, right? But that's yeah. when you're looking at it as uh, an artist, right? When yeah. once you once you're reading literature and you're like looking for once you're doing literary analysis, you're no longer a reader, right? You're doing literary analysis. It's a different thing. And I'm trying to create art. I want to create things that are provoke a reaction that, that make a person have one. I don't want someone to have to go in um, trying to figure out what they can figure out from it. I want them to experience it. And then something happens. I don't, know, I don't know if that's an answer or if I'm talking in circles. You want to move, you want to move them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always been a constant, I think with me, whether it's uh, intimidation or um, making people laugh with stand up, or, um, you know, just anything I want. I want to make people react to me. I think is kind of what it comes down to. And that's, one of the things I hate about myself. What's your favorite piece that you've written that you would like want to tell people about? Oh, nothing. I would literally not promote anything that I've written. No, nothing. Yeah, no, nothing. Nothing. I got nothing to promote. Uh, maybe the next thing. Um, I did a thing with, again, I don't want to promote it, but <laughs> uh, in writing world right now, what Jake Blackwood is working on writing world is, my retro future thing. I wrote a short story a while ago called uh, like last year, I think maybe called Appleseed. And it, uh, it takes place in the future, but it's written as if it was written in the past. You get what I mean? So like uh, from a 1981 perspective, writing about the future. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I've got kind of a whole world there that, intermingles i'll probably do a like a short story collection of the of the world or whatever but that's basically what jake blackwood's got going on with writing is it difficult to be vulnerable and like open up in your writing when you're jake blackwood and not the other guy um no because jake blackwood can open up and say whatever he wants about his feelings or um yeah, think about it. I could Jake Blackwood could write about like uh, being molested as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and I don't have to worry about in real life that my kid's teacher during the PTA conference knows about what I went through. You get what I mean? So 
even though Jake Blackwood is not the quote unquote like real me, it's it's that freedom to like express myself artistically with freedom, even though an artist is supposed to like express, <laughs> you know, like the real me does it, you know. Were you molested when you were a kid? Yeah, no, I got, I mean, there was sexual abuse, not like by a, like uncle, but like an older kid. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. That's fucked up. Is that I where mean, you think you're like, maybe your anger from when you were early on comes from? I mean, that's one of the, our whole life was fucked up. Like, I mean, I was abusive household. Like, I mean, one of my earliest memories are my stepdad strangling my mom with the phone cord trying to kill her. And I was like four or five. Whoa. Remember that? Like my, yeah, it's not like, I don't want to, you know, not every, <laughs> that was just of, normal to you. Yeah, dude. Like a lot of trauma happens with everybody. And so like, I don't like, that's the other part about auto fiction. I think that I struggle with is that a lot of it is trauma dumping, um, which is good for people. Right. And it can sometimes create, compelling things were like oh wow holy shit this is fucked up that someone went through this but i think it's also a shortcut where when you're not actually processing any of that stuff or like moving through it in the artwork um so i guess to clarify <laughs> let me re-clarify or clarify to begin with um i think autofiction in that sense when it comes to trauma um is probably good therapy right it's mm -hmm. good for the person to write it but when it comes to literary analysis and we're looking at it as artwork as artists it oftentimes falls short because they don't actually dive in deep or actually dissect anything it's a just a it's the confession you know it's the recollection it's not the dissection do you think the autofiction like it's distancing themselves a little bit i think mm -hmm. I think um, autofiction can give people a false sense of, not a false sense. When you're the main character, you already kind of know how you want your story to end up at the end of that story. You know how you want the reader to think about you as a person, the author, when they are done, that's really mm -hmm. kind of what you're doing sort of right. You're, you're, you're writing a thing so that when that person puts that book down, they think things about you, the author. Who's like your favorite author when you're coming up. Oh, geez. Coming up. Um, Richard Stark. Um, Who's that? So, he was so i first got into poetry like i started with poetry mm -hmm. um and so i didn't really read a lot of poetry but i was reading books and richard stark is this old pulp author from uh back in the day like the 40s he wrote this series called the hunter series um just hard-boiled like noir stuff um and that's kind of really what got me into, like, it was not literature. It was genre. You know what I mean? So, like, as a kid who just saw fucked up shit all the time, 
to see a guy be able to describe and capture what violent interactions were like very was just efficiency of language and that that pulp style was it triggered something in me i was like oh that is sexy i like how he can say that shit <laughs> so um that kind of got me you know into fiction and then from there i branched out a lot um i got into fantasy i like fucking tolkien tolkien was huge for me um uh, who did you hate oh god kerouac i fucking hated kerouac i hated uh bukowski for a while basically anyone that everyone liked i hated them i had you know i was i was a i was a hater um nice. love bukowski now bukowski's underrated i oh, think, really i think bukowski's underrated in terms of his body of work everybody um and maybe again maybe this is just the old man advocacy right you're young Every- <laughs> yeah um everybody likes uh young man bukowski young drinking fighter on i don't give a damn doing i'm writing my poems i'm a poet man i'm bukowski look at me i'm drunk i like being drunk and writing poems so what was the change from not liking him to liking him and when do you like realize that did you have to like sit down and read it on your own yeah i read pulp um so i read his book pulp about his interactions with hollywood like after he was famous and Mm -hmm. that is when i truly kind of humanized him for me and i was like oh this is just the dude this is just the bro who's just like stumbled into this shit and then i kind of reevaluated everything and i saw it through a different light but uh again it's probably me just being a dick most of the things i don't like are because i'm an asshole most things are good people mm-hmm. like the world is full of rad shit that's kind of awesome and like people make stuff and it's beautiful and like it's cool and then i'm just like i don't know i thought you should try harder i don't like it if you could go back in time for seven seconds where would you go and what would you do in your own life? And then have like, it had like a, an effect on your life and you went back for the word like butterfly effect in. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Dude, seven seconds, huh? Mm-hmm. Damn. Oh man. You know, earlier today, earlier today. Nice. Earlier today. What would you do when my kid walked in the door? I would have probably locked the door before. And what if they didn't knock on the door and like yell at you to come in? That's true. No, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think, dude, there's a lot, a lot you could go on. You know, do you go with money? Do I go back and yell at myself in 2000? Just write down on my desk to buy Yahoo. Mm -hmm. Or do I like, So you wouldn't want to be rich. You'd probably sabotage yourself. That's true. I mean, money is goofballs. I don't have to worry about it. Like, it, yeah. That's true. I, yeah. I Do don't you think know if I, you were rich, you would have created Jake Blackwood? Um, Jake Blackwood, I'm financially secure. I don't have to worry about much. I'm good. Jake but if you're like a ginormous rich person, would you have created that? No, if I was giant, if I had like fuck you money to like mm-hmm. the world, I would be 
I mean, Jake Blackwood would probably be 24-7. It would be, I would, yeah. Yeah. It'd be dumb. I would, I get too many dumb ideas, man. I do dumb shit now, and the only thing that stops me is, like, logistics. So if I just had assistants who were always like, hey, we need, <laughs> get me four speedboats now. We're going to, you know what I mean? It's going to be mm-hmm. bad news, so. Is Jake Blackwood like a one-man gang? Yeah, he totally is. He totally is. Do you see other people with personas and you're like, oh, that's like a Jake Blackwood thing? Like with like Unity? No, I don't. um, Because I don't... I don't judge it. I don't like... um, When I... If you have a job and you go into work and you sit down and you have a coworker and you're there and you can become very close with them and stuff, but they're putting on a persona, right? They're yeah, doing their work self and you can get to know someone and you don't judge them like, all oh, these people around me are fake all day, right? You're all doing it. Um, and the, so that's kind of how I view like the Jake Blackwood thing and other people online. I just take people for who they are and what they say. Like, if you want to fucking be so-and-so you're so-and-so that's fine that's what you're doing that's what we're here to do um i'll call anybody you know like i I guess i don't recognize it as fake when i'm there it's just that's who people are Mm -hmm. and i know some people are more honestly themselves online um than i am and yet i still feel genuine when i'm interacting with them like nothing that i say or do is like uh contrived yeah like i'm not like especially the interactions like if i'm responding to someone or telling someone something or communicating with a person it's genuinely just me you know what i mean but like i'll just come up with goof ass tweets and just say dumb shit or whatever you know and it doesn't matter but it's just kind of about what you want to show people how much uh what you're wearing to the party basically have you been in a band yeah yeah how long how like how long was i in a band yeah the longest i was in a band was four and a half years ish well yeah i guess well and then ghost powder which is on we're going a few years but i don't know if we're a band or on a collaboration but is that on youtube uh ghost powder yeah that's me and ryan today we got my buddy ryan did you meet him through the internet or uh, in person? Yeah, he's an internet buddy. Are you afraid in like ten years there's not going to be like an internet community, or do you are you gonna do you think in ten years you'll be offline? I don't know. It depends on what. No, no, I will never be offline as long as there's online. I it's too integral to what I enjoy doing. You know, like. Uh, I like communicating with people and I like having these weird ideas and these conversations that I couldn't have. Otherwise I would just be in my house working on projects alone and then having to go out and seek them out. But like, I don't know if I could do that now because you know, I have family obligations. I have all that stuff. I can't just be like, I'm going to move to New York this month and go mm-hmm. see what I can find. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, can't, I, I can't really do that now. So, um, no, I'll be online, but I think 
I think we're in a weird place as humans, honestly. If I, if we want to go big philosophical, dude, I don't know. We our perception of what art is and the importance of art. I believe art is important. Trust me, it's a human. I have deep thoughts on art as an artist, <laughs> but I think the human history is so small, right? So quick mm-hmm. that our importance on uh, artwork and legacy and things that last and like great works of the past and all of this um, are antiquated ideas or will be. I think population grows so fast and time just goes so fast that like the idea that a hundred years from now, I mean, think about how much data humans produce every day. Yeah. What, 10 years from now, how much more will there be? How many more short stories will there be? How many more authors will there be? How many, you know, I don't know. I don't know that um, any of it will matter other than the act of creating it and doing it in those communities which is kind of what i come back to and is jake blackwood's role oh there's my wife again is she calling yeah i we should probably end it up now all right well thanks for coming on thanks man this has been awesome have a good one man. you too all right mate. bye mm-hmm. And that was Jake Blackwood. That was an awesome conversation. That was a great conversation. I don't know how that was going. That was a that was a different. That was a different talk. That was a different mood. I think than like any of my other episodes. I should have like a care. I should have a character. I need like a Jake Blackwood mask, like a guy who can just like put up a fucking podcast and not give a shit. What would my Jake Blackwood be? Well, I still think it's funny. The autofiction thing, like if you were like part of the Crips or part of like the Hells Angels, if you autofiction that into like a corporate business structure and you just like, oh, it was a parody like parody auto fiction. I did not get to ask him if he's Stuart Buck. I was pressing on him. I press on people. I press on people. You got to press. If you don't press, I don't want to lean back. But it was cool that he even said himself, like, he had never thought about, like, these questions. These questions of what is Jake Blackwood and what is Jake Blackwood's purpose as opposed to the other guy I'm more interested in the other guy I want to see the other guy's art like who's looking at this other guy's art I see him as like a frail guy and like a plaid shirt with like glasses on and khakis and like sandals with like white socks trim beard It seems like Jake Blackwood is a character for him to play and to be to get to be a kid on a stage again and find the sense of his kid self. And that's what I want to do. So Derek, man, 
might be one of his clients. <laughs> I wish there would have been more gay sex in the games. All right. So this has been Lo-Fi Lit. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you guys later. Doot, doot, doot.